Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, right back at it again. It is the week five preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground, and it is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over, and a triple header of fun is upon us once again this week. Football in full effect in the NFL and college, with many teams strutting their stuff early, the NBA Finals in full swing, and the MLB playoffs are getting it done already in the AL and NLDS series. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online. Head up. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And just like that, quick turnaround. We closed the book on uh, week four yesterday, and here we are again, week number five, which begins with us tomorrow night. Uh, with the Bears and the Buccaneers, Thursday night football, first game on Fox, so national TV audience going to be watching. Uh, let's hope we show up a hell of a lot better than we did uh, on Sunday uh, against the Colts. And uh, my guest this week uh, from the Pewtercast, they've been on the show with us a couple of times before, uh, Brent Allen, Ren Dax from the Pewtercast going to join us and uh, we'll get this thing started. So what do you say we get to it? It's the week five preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Let's get it done. Week number five, guys, it's already here. And it starts with the Bears and the Buccaneers on Thursday night. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back to week five preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Going old school with this one. It's an all-in-one deal thanks to the abbreviated week. Like I said, Ren Dax, Brent Allen, my guests from the Pewtercast will be joining us here shortly. Going to crank out some uh, news and notes real quick, talk about the injury report, and uh, then we'll get to our guests and then have a, a short and sweet keys to the game because we cover a lot in the conversation with Brent um, and uh, Ren. So, um, you know, love talking to those guys. I've had them on the show, I think, three, four times now. I've really uh, enjoyed having them on uh, each time. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into the injury report for the Bears. Um, no real red flags or, or, you know, concerns, anything like that. Khalil Mack still limited uh, Monday and Tuesday with the uh, with the knee injury he's been nursing since training camp. Uh, Deion Bush and Sherrick McManus, both nursing hamstring injuries, have not practiced yet uh, this week, so it's not looking good for them. Akeem Hicks, listed as hand, ankle, shoulder, but has been full participation Monday and Tuesday. Bobby Massey, thigh injury, full participation both days. Darnell Mooney, shoulder injury, full full go Monday and Tuesday. And then Josh Woods, who's a special teamer and a backup linebacker, thumb injury, but 
full go on Monday and Tuesday. So um, Monday was a walkthrough. Today was more of a um, helmets and T-shirts kind of deal. Uh, they're not going to have any contact practices on such a short week. So, um, And you'll hear uh, Ren kind of give us a rundown of what the injury report for the Buccaneers looks like uh, when we start the interview here uh, in a few minutes. Um, don't have much to report, uh, you know, with the short week and everything. There are not many headlines uh, out there for us. But um, uh, last week on the preview show, I told you the guys to keep your eyes on Lamar Miller and Snacks Harrison. Uh, well, I was right about one because Lamar Miller was signed uh, to the practice squad uh, this week. Uh, we released uh, Stephen Denmark, who was a seventh-round pick for us, a defensive back. Uh, I'm blanking on what school it was now, but, um, you know, he was a pick for us last year, um, wasn't able to to make the, the main roster. Uh, we cut him in training camp, brought him back on the practice squad, and now, unfortunately for him, he's unemployed. But Lamar Miller, being a member of the of the team, even though it's on the practice squad for the moment, is a very intriguing thing. He missed most of last year uh, with a torn ACL uh, playing for the Texans. And, um, you know, looking for a new NFL home and hopefully he can help us replace what we were missing from um, Tariq Cohen. And hopefully he can do it as soon as the Carolina game 10 days after this uh, this game on Thursday with the Buccaneers, because obviously I don't think he's going to play for us uh, on Thursday. I'd be shocked if he did. But um, uh, I think that it would be, I think, much more reasonable to see him suiting up for us against Carolina after our little mini-buy after the Thursday night game here. So um, uh, as far as Snacks Harrison watch, um, his announced visits, the Bears aren't on the list, at least not this week anyway. If he's going to make a decision or if he's going to go around and you know and take his visits and see what's out there, uh, it was uh, Seattle today, and I heard it was supposed to be like Green Bay tomorrow. Please, God, don't let that happen. Uh, I, we don't need him in the division against us again. He did enough damage against us when he was in Detroit. We need him clogging up our middle because God love Bilal Nichols, you know, subbing in for for Eddie Goldman uh, this year. But uh, he's not the big beast of a man that Snacks Harrison is. I, I guarantee if we get him on the team, our run defense will improve, and all of a sudden Roquan and and, and Trevathan will will be much better run run defenders uh as well i mean shoring up the middle of that defensive line is is going to be a um you know something the bears need to focus on uh you know even in this season because we're struggling with it uh thus far so hopefully our fortunes turn uh with snacks harrison and he comes uh comes for a visit and isn't able to leave uh when he gives us a shot because he realizes this is the place where he needs to where he needs to be but um Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, or at least not up to uh, this point. So the only other uh, news I have uh, right now was uh, Nick Foles made a curious comment uh, today when talking to the press. He said that Allen Robinson and his catch radius remind him of Alshon Jeffrey when they played together in uh, Philadelphia. And offhand, that sounds weird uh, to Bear fans to compare Robinson to someone that I think we all feel is inferior to Robinson. But when he kind of 
has that little caveat of that it's his catch radius that he's most impressed with. That makes a lot of sense because Alshon, the, the, the one thing that was, that was amazing about Alshon and then made him the most frustrating player we've ever had at the same time was he had a gift for making the impossible look routine and the routine look impossible. Allen Robinson does a great job of making the impossible look routine and the making the routine look routine I mean that's that's what makes him you know heads and head and shoulders better wide receiver than as a professional welder Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills the more muscle memory that you have the smoother your weld is learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact as you write your life story You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot georgetown.edu slash podcast. Um, uh, Alshon, he's not wildly inconsistent uh, like Alshon is. So, um, or was, you know, depending on where Alshon is in his career. I know he's in still Philadelphia. I know he's banged up and not playing right now. So I wonder, you know, w- what's going on with him and where he'll be uh, this year. But, um, you know, it sounded like a weird comparison uh, offhand, but when you when you put it in that context and catch radius, it makes a lot of sense because that was definitely one of Alshon's um, killer traits, man. I mean, he's there's no arguing that. But uh, to compare Robinson to Alshon Jeffrey, it's an odd comparison until you get the full context of what what Nick Foles uh, was talking about. So anyway, like I said, that's all I got. That's all the news and notes and the injury report that we have. Thus far, I would definitely keep an eye on what the injury report's going to look like on Wednesday or today, I guess I should say, when it comes out after their final uh, workout heading into the Thursday night game. That's when we'll get, you know, whether or not McManus or Bush will be joining us this uh, this week and uh, or if they'll just go ahead and rest them to get ready for Carolina and beyond and, um, you know, see if any new injuries pop up. Uh you know this week so anyway that's going to do it for the news and notes let's go ahead and move on to our guests it's brent allen and ren dax from the pewter cast helping us preview week number five between the bears and the bucks thursday night football Week number five kicks off the second quarter of the season, and uh, we're doing it early on Thursday night when the Bears and the Bucks meet head-to-head at Soldier Field. And uh, here to help us preview this week number five matchup, our old friends from the PewterCast, Brent Allen, Rendax. Guys, how are we doing? Good, Larry. Thanks for having us back on, man. Yes, of all the uh, other podcasts, uh, opposing team podcasts I've been on, this is my favorite. Oh, well. I would agree. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that, guys. And that's not just because we're here right now. Right. right. Of course not, because, you know. <laughs> nah. 40%. You know, don't don't want to butter up my listeners at all. So. <laughs> So, guys, I mean, it's uh, I mean, as, as, as if COVID couldn't make things interesting enough, you guys had one of the more unique off-seasons that we've come across uh, in the NFL in quite some time where, you know, the, the whole will-they-won't-they they with, with Jameis Winston and, and that whole uh, drama and, uh, you know, uh, then, then all of a sudden you're in the Brady sweepstakes like a dark horse contender, and then before you know it, He's uh, signed up, and he's uh, he's posing for pictures with the new uniforms, and he drags Rob Gronkowski with him, and then here comes Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy, and it's like, what the hell's going down in Tampa? And now all of a sudden you guys are supposed to be the first team to host the Super Bowl in your home stadium. And, uh, you know, after a, f- a misstep in the f- week one against the, the Saints, you're actually looking like a team that can pull that off. It's all going according to plan, Larry. That's exactly how it's going. <laughs> so, I mean, it was. I mean, I would. I had two feelings because uh, the one benefit of the Bears playing, getting pushed into that three o'clock slot on mm-hmm. Sunday, was that my noon game became the Chargers and the Buccaneers. So I got to see the Bucks play oh, uh, nice. a, a full game on Sunday, and watching the first half, I'm like. Yeah, the Bears can hang with these guys. This is, uh, you know, we can do this. And, uh, you know, it's like I'm after what I saw in the fourth quarter from Nick Foles and what I saw Justin Herbert do against the defense in the first half uh, of the game. I was like, yeah, we can do that. We, we've got guys that can get open and make those catches. And and Foles a lot more on target than Trubisky can ever dream of of uh, being. And then the second half happened and Brady throws five touchdown passes. And now you guys are picking off. Herbert and things like that and it's like well all right so this was a tale of two halves and now I'm worried about which team is going to show up on Thursday well that team's going to show up and they haven't put it all together on offense yet uh the defense has put it together for four quarters a couple of games but normally it's been the offense looking good in the first half and sort of sputtering and not putting points up and and you know dumb penalties and turnovers in the second half uh, that have allowed teams, you know, to get like seven points, you know, back. They've climbed, you know, they're within one score, and Buccaneer fans start to freak out because, of, you know, our history. It's like, oh, it's just gonna happen again, you know, right. big lead yeah. blown. But, uh, you know, the San Diego game was just flip flopped. Like that's that's the Buccaneers right now. Like the offense just hasn't put it together, uh, and I'm not really sure like what we're going to do because. Our top four wide receivers have not even stepped on the practice field yet this week. Really? Okay. Well, that is interesting. Um, but it's also a Thursday game, so it's all about like walkthroughs and like mental reps more so than physical yeah. ones on these Thursday yeah, but they're, games. Yeah, but they're DNPs on the injury report. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. different. That's different. Yes. I mean, with legit, yes. like, nagging injuries or something? I mean, I know – was did Mike Evans leave the game early on Sunday? What, am I imagining that? He came back. He came he, back. He, okay. Yeah. He rolled up on his own ankle, then came back and gutted through it. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. I think Mike Evans is going to practice all week, and he's going to go. But he's going to – you know, he'll be – he'll end up going Thursday night, but he's not going to be – close to 100 percent might be 60 70 percent 80 if if you're a bucks fan and you're lucky <laughs> uh the second uh godwin's out 
like they they called him out even before the Chargers game since it was a Thursday game. They're like, like he's probably not going to play. So Godwin's out. Uh, and then we have Scotty Miller, uh, who, you know, Brady's favorite new target. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, he has a pulled groin slash hamstring, which he had his first year twice. Uh, and now it's reared its ugly head again. And then our fourth wide receiver, Justin Watson, is out with a, I'm not sure what it chest is. It might be a knee. It might be chest. chest. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Brent chess whatever that means so of course the buccaneers are calling position for the chargers to see if they can give you know justin watson a shot on thursday just to make sure he <laughs> he can go so yeah, uh and then of course oj ha- this time right yeah just, yeah just and, don't hit the lung right <laughs> we'll be all right and oj howard is uh lost for the year yeah so, I saw that. yeah the achilles so, injury right so as lucky of the Bucks has been going up against Denver with their offensive line decimated and their defensive backfield not looking good. Uh, and then the same thing happened with San Diego. Their whole right side of the line was gone. Excuse me, sir. Uh, it's Los yes. Angeles now. What did I say? San Diego? So you said it twice mm-hmm. now. Come on. You did. Oh, okay. That'd okay. be like okay. saying All that right, the Raiders fair. are coming <laughs> out of Oakland. That's not true anymore. Come on, Red. Right. They're not. Yeah, the Raiders are in L.A. Everyone knows that. So, <laughs> so the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, you, uh, you know, they had. I think. I think the official count was uh, twelve starters of the twenty-two that projected for Week One were out in the Bucks game. Um, so, as lucky as the Buccaneers have been in the past two weeks, you know, uh, if you're a Chicago fan, you, I would pay very close attention that that injury report because. The more names on, they're all big names. So then the more names you see DNP after tomorrow's practice, which would be uh, Wednesday, you might be seeing some guys out. And, and you know, you're, uh, you're, if, you, if you think it's going to be a close game, you feel better. If you think you're going to blow us out, it doesn't matter. If you think the Bucks are coming in and you got to play a perfect game, each one of those DMPs is really going to up your chances. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting this year. I mean, I, we've, we've had a smattering of injuries over the last – a uh, few weeks uh, from big names to not so big, but you know it's like uh, the Falcons. On the other hand, I, you know I watched their entire secondary was depleted when we played them two weeks ago, and then mm-hmm. we watched it get further depleted uh, as the game went along. Like a guy that was coming off like the car, the Darquez Denard had a career renaissance against the Bears in the first three quarters before Nick Foles came in and started lighting up the lighting up the scoreboard. And everything, and then I watched them on Monday night against the Packers, and watched more guys go down. And this is, you know, kind of typical of what we're seeing uh, around the league. Like it's, uh, you know, for for anyone who wants to discount those off-season programs and and all that kind of stuff, it's, uh, I, you know, I bet they can't wait for 2021 to come around so these guys can have the the full gambit of workouts and preparations to get into the season because i thought week one was going to be an absolute bloodbath of of injuries going from because these poor guys had to go from zero to 60 you know they barely Mm -hmm. touch each other in practice maybe one contact practice a week or or something like that to all of a sudden having to physically want to disarm or you know dis in the (laughs) to maim the guy in front of him and doing that at the with the full strength of his of his power and and speed and everything and just having that go sideways 
on them to to for yeah. for for everyone to pretty much come out unscathed week one was surprising but then it all happened week two like the 49ers not the team that they thought they were going to be after week two and we're seeing that scatter all across the league now yeah and listen i mean that's the way the season's gonna go is it's gonna be whoever can be the healthiest at the end is probably gonna be the ones that win it which We've all been doing this long enough. That's kind of the way it is every year anyway. Yeah. Because whoever's healthiest at the end tends to win. But, I mean, it, you know, like when, when I think about our team, you know, and, and Ren just said, like, like our top four wide receivers are all on the injury report with significant injuries. Um, our number two and number three running back are mm-hmm. also on the, on the injury report. Our top one and two tight ends also on the injury report. The only good thing for us is, is that happens to be the three deepest rooms that we had on the team. Yeah. Right. So, but we're getting really deep into those rooms. <laughs> like, right. like, and one of the guys, like the really deep guys in the running room just got popped for PEDs. So it, he's not a guy you typically want to see playing, but he would have been somebody we probably would have looked at. So it, it's going to be, it's really going to be a, a, a battle of attrition, but I mean, you know, you've been doing this long enough. We've been doing this long enough. We we know that like going in through preseason, they talk about, you know, that first game builds up to the second game, which builds up to that third game of getting their bodies ready. Yeah. And it, you know, to your point, they didn't have that across the league. Like everybody's having to deal with that. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens as you go through because for Tampa, and this would be the question I would always ask you. You know, whenever I go to talk to another another team, the question we've had all year is, well, who are you going to cover? Who who are you gonna double? You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You got these. You got these. Well, turns out that's not an issue for us. I think at this point, <laughs> you know, it's just cover and go play ball. You know, and I think that would be my question to you: is is how is your defense doing? Because our defense is doing great, and we can talk about our defense going up against your offense. But mm-hmm. with the the amount of injuries that we have, how is your defense looking? This year, because I haven't watched all the Chicago Bears games, so well, I, I don't know. It's a it's a six in one hand, half a dozen kind of answer, um, because we have a pass rush uh, that's far more impressive than it has been in the last few years. Because we have somebody on the other side of Khalil Mack now, with Robert yeah. Quinn, Leonard Floyd. God bless him was was awesome against the run. Something he's doing for the Rams now. Uh, it was actually pretty good in pass coverage for an outside linebacker as well, but he was garbage as far as getting to the passer. You mm-hmm. know, the funny thing was his sack totals went down when Khalil Mack joined the team as opposed to going up. You'd think that, you know, he would get those one-on-ones and he would thrive. That mm-hmm. The opposite happened. He went from like seven sacks the year before to five sacks over the two years that he played uh, with Khalil Gee. Mack. Yeah, and he was healthy all that time. The thing was, he only mm-hmm. played like uh, 10 games his rookie year, 12 years, or 12 games the second one. He had like eight sacks one year. He had seven sacks the other. And then he had three in 2018. He had two last year. I mean, it was just his sack totals were, were pathetic considering that he was getting one-on-ones while Khalil Mack is being doubled and triple teamed on the other side. He wasn't able to take care of that. Now we got Robert Quinn on the other side, a legit option that you have to double almost as often as you have uh, Khalil Mack. So we're not getting as home as far as getting sacks as much, mm-hmm. but we're definitely disrupting things. And our secondary, we've got Kyle Fuller, and then our uh, second-round pick, Jalen Johnson, has been outstanding. Um, you know, everyone was kind of freaking out that he was going to be forced into duty right away because we had some injuries in, in training camp. He wasn't supposed to be the starter, but he has been, and he's been fantastic so far. So the pass rush – 
uh, is good. And Trevathan and um, well, Trevathan's been a little weak in in coverage, but Roquan's a stud. And we got Eddie Jackson and Tayshawn Gibson uh, back there, so we're solid. Mm-hmm. Running game, we really miss Eddie Goldman. He opted mm-hmm. out uh, for COVID reasons, and he's not playing mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Bilal Nichols has moved over into his spot, and God bless him, he's doing everything he can to be Eddie Goldman, but he's mm-hmm. not 330, 340 like Eddie Goldman is, and it shows at times. We get pushed around, and those those big open slots and everything, or at least guys are getting up to the second level to get to Roquan uh, and Trevathan, and they're getting themselves out of position to avoid blocks in its opening lanes uh, for the running game. Everyone that we've played so far has pretty, had a fairly easy time running the football uh, mm-hmm. at times this year. So it's a 50-50 thing. The run defense used to be our, our strong suit. You know, We used to be right. the ones meeting you in the backfield just as soon as you're getting the football. That's not happening uh, this year, which is why I was kind of hoping that we'd be able to um, entice Snacks Harrison to come play for us, but he's – He's visiting Seattle today. I think he's at Green Bay tomorrow, if Seattle even let him leave town. But mm-hmm. we're not on the list, apparently. So I don't know if he's not interested anymore or what that's all about. But I would definitely welcome Snacks Harrison onto our team just to have that big block in the middle again. So Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good for us to hear because our guy Rojo, uh, Ronald Jones, he's our, our RB1 this year, uh, he needs a game. He needs a big game. Um, and, and we need to see him pop some. So... For our side, hopefully that can happen, and, and maybe this is the game that sort of turns that on for him because uh, he's the guy we'd love to see, you know, and I think this is kind of a do-or-die year for Rojo. I really do. Yeah, so. you guys have been – like, I, th- I think I remember talking to you guys, like, back in – didn't you guys draft him in 2017 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Was it, this is his third year, 28. so whatever the so math on that works. I just remember yeah. you guys being excited about it. Wasn't he, like, a second-round pick or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. He was. So I think I'm rem- that's the guy <laughs> yeah. that I'm – yeah, he was, and then he did nothing, did nothing his rookie year, and then took a really big step last year for his second year, and we were all expecting this other, yeah, yeah, and we were expecting another big step this year, and I mean, Ren, I, I can't say that we've seen the big step forward this year. No, uh, I guess the best thing you can say about Rojo right now is that uh, his blitz pickup has improved. You know, the book on him was uh, fantastic. Like, he has all the talent in the world. You know, you can you can run him inside. You can run him outside. He's going to break one for you. When he breaks it, he has speed to take it to the house. But they never throw to him, and his hands are made of stone, and he can't pick up the blitz. Well, I think he is, his, his grand total for his rookie year was something like 53 yards. Uh, and, um, so the second year when he got like, you know, 800, 900, it was like, wow, what an improvement. Uh, but now, you know, we're looking for 1200 yards out of this guy this year, uh, to sort of validate, you know, in fans heads about having being a second round draft pick. Um, he's picking up the blitz fine. Uh, but his hands are still made of stone. I think he had three drops against San Diego. Um, it's, 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 yeah, sorry, against Los <laughs> Angeles. He is, he is so... Watching him catch the ball is like watching a fish try to ride a unicycle. There it is go. just so nice. uninstinctive to him. Like, he even turns the wrong way. Like, on a, on, a, on a flare pass, he'll turn his back to the cornerback, you know, as he looks back to Brady, instead of facing the defense and the goal line. Sure. And... So, like, well, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, wonder why you dropped the ball because you have no idea where the corner is. Like, you have, like, any second now you're going to get, you th- you feel like you're going to get pl- blasted. Yeah. Cause, so he has to catch the ball, then he has to, like, 
turn, do a total 180. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just like it's little tense. things. Yeah, it's just it. Yeah, he's fighting himself, and he knows it's important, and he's trying. Now, having said all of that, uh, I do feel that Ronald Jones is a good enough back to make this offense go. Well, I mean, he had 100 yards against uh, the Los right. Angeles Chargers uh, on. <laughs> and dude, I'm I'm only teasing you because all of last year, even the week that we played the Chargers, it was San Diego. Saying I was driving myself nuts making that mistake over and over again, so yeah. that's why I'm picking on you because I was the dummy doing that last year. Yeah, um, but see, but see, you you point out like so he had 100 yards last week. Yes, great. In three years, that's the second time he's done that. Oh wow! Right. Okay. So yeah. it, it's not this is not a normal thing for him. Now this team tends to be a pass heavy team. That yeah. was true last year with the previous quarterback. That's held true this year with this quarterback. So. It does seem to be. It does tend to be a pretty ha- pass heavy team, but still, uh, you know, it's not like he's he's routinely breaking off a hundred yards. You won't even say his name, will you? Is it that bad? The separation, <laughs> you know, was it one of those well, you know, just tear the bandaid the off Sandy, and get rid of it, or the, the San Diego Ronald Joneses? <laughs> I mean, he's in the same division with you guys and everything. Yeah, well, it's it's. I mean, it it, it is. You, it's one of those like. We have so many fans that are still married to Jameis Winston and sure, really yeah. wanted him to be the guy that's uh, and and because I mean we covered the guy for five years and we like we went to town covered we went to bat as for in, him as in, so as in many covered times. for him yeah it was, oh sure we didn't right. just talk about right. like you're preaching to the choir for, guys yeah you, you're and, really and up, so. there, there just comes a point when you're like i don't even want to talk about it anymore it's done it's gone yeah um you know and i'm not gonna I, and i don't want to belabor the point anymore like yeah. sure so sure. yeah he's just the previous quarterback and i'm not trying to throw shade at Jameis. you know sure. um I, i'm really not because I, you know I, look i was a Jameis fan i'll be honest with you i, I liked the guy um and you know, but he's not here anymore. Uh, we yeah. want to talk about the future, not the past. So <laughs> every every pod we did for the past five years had to have a lengthy segment on Jameis Winston, and it was always it was always a there was you know it was it was this is what Brent said this one time. Whatever you think about Jameis Winston, you're right. Mm-hmm. If you think he's a terrible quarterback and throws too many picks and you never win with him, you're absolutely right. If you think he's a huge talent and can make all the throws and has a high football IQ and can lead the team to the Super Bowl, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So so like And I was right. It, <laughs> yeah. And you so you there's no swaying anybody, but everybody wanted to fight about it. And you know, it was just it honestly it was like we like Brent said, we wanted him to be the guy. Obviously, you know, given the Bucks history as a franchise, we've only had like 10 winning seasons in our 45 year history. Like, you know, we, you know, we want our Aaron Rodgers, you know, we we want we, we want our Tom Brady. We want our Drew Brees. You know, we want that guy. But, you know, after he was gone, it, it, it felt good because I just don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the catharsis that a lot of Bear fans are going to have when we say goodbye to Mitch. Now, there's a lot of football uh-huh. still left to be played this year, and I'm not totally convinced we've seen the last of Trubisky because Foles mm-hmm. has proven that he can't take a full season on. Um, here He has yet to do it as a starting quarterback uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so I, I don't think that we've seen the last uh, of Mitch. But as far as like handing him the ball because Foles can't do it, Matt Nagy's gone out and said that that's probably that's – like, that's not going to happen. 
Foles is the guy we're going forward. We're riding herd with him. So uh, that's going to be the end of it. And then next year when he moves on or whatever happens, you know, that'll be the end of that. And it'll be a very similar feeling uh, for Bear fans. I think that we won't have to defend him anymore. We won't have to deal with it, you know, or sit there and bite our nails wondering what he's going to do when he drops back this time and things like that. We won't have to wonder if instead of stepping into the throws with proper technique and putting it on a laser, if he's going to throw it off his back heels and hang it up there for a safety to come take uh, or something like that. It's it's something we won't have to deal with um, once it's finally over with. So because the Bears didn't pick up uh, his fifth year option like Tampa pick up Jameis's. So right. uh, we won't have to, you know, sit there and swallow that grenade for another year. So. Lucky bastards. Yeah. I guess that's really it. It's just when you see this, when you see, you know, the most poor position of your team who you spent a lot of draft capital on make the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over and over and never learn. It's, it's, it, it's, it's gotta be the most soul crushing thing for any football fan. If that guy's, you know, under center for you. Yeah. I mean, and especially since we've, we've been treated, well, I mean, like before we started recording, I was talking about the last time that I talked to you guys, we were headed into that week four uh, mm-hmm. matchup in 2018 where Mitch threw six touchdown passes and looked like the future of the franchise. And it was mm-hmm. like, wow. I mean, look at I mean, how sharp was he in that game? Uh, you know, and the way he played, it, it, he looked fantastic uh, that, you know, it's like, well, did it did it finally snap? Did he finally, you know, did it was this it was this the moment that he finally put it all together and it's all smooth sailing from here it wasn't he you know he had a lot of progress in 2018 but it's like he lost all of it last year and talk about soul crushing mm-hmm. <sighs> waiting for that 2019 season to start and for it to go the way that it did in as many different ways that it did that was soul crushing you know because i was saying before the 2018 season started 2019 is the year 2019 is the year Everybody's in, you know, second year of the program. Everybody's playing together, a full off season together. After all the success we had in 2018, we are ready to rock in 2019. And it could not have been anything further from the truth. And the funny thing is, we won eight games. We went eight and eight. And to talk to Bear fans about last season, you'd think we went one and 15. Just that that's mm-hmm. how disappointing uh, last season was. And Mitch was a big part of that. It, it wasn't just him, it was everybody. It was the offensive line. One day Allen Robinson couldn't catch. We can't run the ball. The defense can't stop anybody. Uh, and somehow we still had a top five scoring defense despite it all. And we won eight games. And you, like I said, you'd think we went 0-16 and had the number one pick in the draft. And, you know, it was just it was a poor, poorly played out uh, year. So it's like, you know, to, to rip the Band-Aid off with Mitch and see him go elsewhere, I'll absolutely wish him the best because he's a good guy. And, uh, you know, he just wasn't able to put it together, at least not in Chicago. So I just hope he doesn't come back to Chicago and kick our ass five or six times before. They're like, oh, yeah, so you do it against us, but you couldn't do it for us. So Something we also worry about. I was going to say, it's all – that all sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because our guys in our division, who's a third-string quarterback, but the second-string quarterback has only attempted 11 passes in its NFL career, and the first-string yeah. quarterback can't throw the ball 30 yards. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. When do you guys play them again? Week eight. Week eight? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or week nine. It's, it's game. It, it's. Uh, uh, no, it's week eight. No. We don't have. We have a real late bye. We have. A, okay. That, that's what it is. Are you guys yeah. same bye with us? We're week 11 this year. 
I couldn't tell you. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I want to say we, we had the last buy possible. Like yeah, I want to say it was week 13. Yeah, off the top of my head. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. Week 13. Yeah. Bye. Boom. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Feels like yeah, we can use it right about now. Yeah, Tom Brady effect. We you're, you're welcome. The Tom Brady effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about Brady. We'll shift from Jameis and Trubisky yeah. to a guy who's actually good at his job. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bringing him in and, you know, Week one, kind of a you know fifty fifty game against the Saints. It's, it wasn't all good, and, but it wasn't all bad uh, either. Uh, you know, but you mm-hmm. go into the Superdome and and lose to the to the Saints, and there were a lot of jokes about oh, so they're not going to go sixteen and zero, and they didn't win the Super Bowl this Sunday. Oh, that's too bad, you know, or or whatever. <laughs> it's like you know, it's well like, deserved, right? Which is then you felt that work in ESPN, but right. you know it's not wasn't us, but well deserved. Like, well that's deserved. funny because like the Saints game was like the one game that most people were like, if we're gonna lose one, this is the one to lose. Yeah, <laughs> you like know, it, like like like, and Bucks fandom was fifty fifty. A lot of yeah. people were like, we're gonna lose Week One, like we are, and we're okay with that, and we were okay yeah. with that. Like we expected it, uh, yeah, because everybody and, loses in New Orleans. Well, yeah, but I mean, think about it. You got a you got a brand new quarterback. You have a COVID offseason. You have zero preseason. Going up against one of the best rosters in the NFL, where most of these guys have been together with a coach and quarterback who've been together since time immemorial. Right. Like, and you're in their home stadium. Use your head. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. You, and Brady you know, kept and, warning people, like, we don't we don't know what we're good at yet. Yeah, like he kept saying it up to the game, like for like two weeks. Like you know, we don't know. Like I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, so, but what we what we've seen though in subsequent weeks is is each while while and I'll reiterate what Ren said earlier. The Bucks have not put it all together yet, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's probably something that the Bears have going for them in in you know in their favor, or at least anyone who plays like they haven't put it all together yet. But each week. There, it's like a, it's like another tumbler falls in the mechanism. You know, like they're getting better each week. So, um, and honestly, I think that's that's the best we we should really should be asking for. Like, let's keep getting better week to week. And you know, so far they've stacked the W's, and uh, hopefully, we'll do it again this week. I agree. Uh, I hope that uh, we can bounce back. Uh, did you did you week. just agree that you hope that the Bucks win this week? No, I, well, I hope we win <laughs> that's, this that's, week. That's, that's what I'm what saying. I think that's what you said. I, you know that's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, I'm I would not be surprised um, after the way that we played on Sunday uh, against the Colts. I spent my entire review show praising the Colts defense because they were impressive and they were they looked like a great defense not somebody that was having a great day it's like when you know somebody comes around the corner there's one guy that slowed him down and then four others to come and help him uh mm-hmm. clean it up they were swarming everywhere there was always somebody and then somebody else and then somebody else on top of it you know around the ball they were constantly uh smothering uh you know and we ran the football really well the first 3 weeks is one of the really nice things about this year was that our offensive line figured out how to block in the the running game Montgomery had you know lanes to run in and had some really good days running the football up to this point and then it was back to like watching us try to run the ball in 2019 we're averaging like 1.8 yards a carry if we're lucky and you know they, they were just everywhere uh on Sunday and Nick Foles looks like he's still not in full you know zen mode with his with his receivers Yet, like he's still the backup trying to learn how to play with the first team 
kind of thing, get his timing down with guys and, you know, where they're supposed to be and, and you know, all that kind of stuff when he delivers uh, the ball. Not a lot of time for them to figure it out in the interim between one game or the next. And it's like I, I said on the show, like after watching the defense against the Chargers on Sunday, that I like our chances to at least get something going against the, the, the Bucks versus, you know, being smothered by the Colts uh, for basically 60 minutes uh, on Sunday. So I think the game will be far more uh, competitive than the Colts game was. I mean, it was a 19-11 score. It wasn't that close. We got that garbage time TD uh, at the mm-hmm. end to make it look like a one-score game, but it wasn't a one-score game. Mm-hmm. Our defense played awesome, but we just we couldn't stop them when we needed to, and our offense could get, could get nothing going against the Colts defense on Sunday. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what team of ours is going to show up uh, this Thursday, are, are they going to be a team that's got amnesia and, you know, just focusing on the next game? We didn't even watch film on this one. So, we didn't, you know, no time sulking or, or, you know, crying in our beer over this one. We're just going to go after uh, Brady and company. We're going to, you know, look to rebound and, and reestablish ourselves. Um, or, you know, are they going to fall deeper into the abyss that everyone's been waiting for them to fall into anyway? Like Jason Lock and Fora, I don't know what the hell that dude's problem is. With the Bears, he's picked them to lose every single week of the season and finally got one right this past Sunday and talking about, like, well, yeah, they're pretenders. They're lucky to be 3-0, and and they are. But, you know, yep. it's uh, – uh, there's no <laughs> denying that. say it about like, my I, team. I watched those games. It. I watched those games, and we yeah. were lucky to be 3-0, and but we won the games. We did what we had to do to yeah. win those games. Whether it was our opponents letting us do it or us imposing our will on them, we won those games. And then on Sunday, we run into a legit team. We couldn't get anything going, and we lost our first game. And now all of a sudden, we absolutely are pretenders. We're the worst three and one team in the history of the NFL, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And I'm I'm willing to see you know what kind of job Matt Nagy can do with these guys in that short window to get them ready for Thursday night against another legit team on Thursday. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, as far as the, I heard you talk about the running game, you know, a few minutes ago. Uh, as far as that goes, like, like if you're a Bears fan, you think that's going to happen. It's just not. And this isn't me being a homer. It is 20 games in a row now that since the beginning of last year that no one has run on this defense, this front seven, which is the same as it was last year. Uh, and we're talking like Kamara three times. We've had McCaffrey three times. We've had Gurley before he stunk. Uh, we've had Saquon Barkley, you know, we've Derek had Chris Henry. Carson, we've had uh, Derrick Henry, and all these guys, nobody ran the ball against them. Now, I don't want anybody on Twitter when, you know, uh, there's only like 40 yards rushing and there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter and a guy pops one for 65 and <laughs> is like, oh, look, 100 yards, you know what I mean? Like, oh, look, 100 yards rushing, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, like. I will admit that that may happen, but as far as as using the running game to stay in front of the chains or control the clock or have it be, you know, have like a 10 play drive and seven of them are runs, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Hey guys, going to take a quick break from the show to give thanks to our sponsors, Bet Online. The wait is finally over and a triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full swing with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of both of those holes. It's time to keep your your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor, powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Wow, there's a tongue twister. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled a nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. That's no joke. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> like I said, I'm I'm more interested in the Bears getting something going offensively. I mean, it would be nice to see us run the ball um, again. But, you know, if, if passing the ball is what's going to get it done for us on Sunday, then we'll just do what we have to in order to keep the chains yeah. uh, Here, moving. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Larry. If you If you are watching that first half of the Chargers game from this past week. Yeah. And you're looking at that as your uh, idea of what this defense is in Tampa Bay. That's the wrong thing to look at. You really need to look because that that was an outlier like that. Like they went in and got chewed out at halftime and rightly so. And in the rest of Bucks fandom was like, what are you doing? Because that's not who that team is. What you saw in the second half is much more of what that defense is for four quarters. Uh, the only thing I worry about with that defense is getting to the fourth quarter and just getting tired because they are they are so in your face and they're so pressuring and they're they're all over the ball and they're shutting people down like Michael Thomas and first the week, starters play a lot of snaps play a lot of snaps talking talking 85 plus percent of the defensive snaps hmm. so it, it's uh you know the the defense is the defense I think is really what's the the Buccaneers are going to be looking for to really win this game uh, just because of all of the injuries that they have on, on offense. Now, obviously you still have to score points. The offense is still going to have to put points on the board for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the defense is really going to have to do a good job at shutting down the bears. And if, if the defense comes out and they play like they did in that first half against the chargers, 
then it's going to be a long day for us. And you guys are going to have a great day and make Nick Foles look amazing. Um, you know. Well, I mean, I know that's what we as Bear fans are waiting for, you know, because yeah. this is what we put Mitch on the bench for. And, of mm-hmm. course, after that game on on Sunday, Bears Twitter has been an awesome place to hang out lately. Um <laughs> You know, with with everyone like, yeah, we, we look at Mitch, and you know, and this is the, he, he do better than that. And the, no one really wanting to admit that with the way that our that the way that our the the Colts pass rush was in our face the whole game, that would have been so much worse with him out there. It really mm-hmm. would have been. He'd have been serving it up because the kid lives to throw off his back foot uh, and all that kind of stuff, and and wondering why his accuracy is never what it was meant to be because he's not stepping into anything he's always th- running backwards or throwing it in uh you know m- keeping plays alive that should have died minutes ago just running around trying to find some place and find someone open and then heaving it to someone into triple coverage or something the Colts would have eaten us alive if Mitch was the quarterback uh on Sunday it's like there were so many things that Nick did that Mitch would have screwed up in my opinion and I was a long time Mitch supporter until you know the first half of the game against the lions week one it's like dude i am not doing this again i am not sitting through him <laughs> trying to figure it out for another 16 games i'm not doing it yeah i am I, not I doing re- it i remember getting to that spot with Jameis where i and i said to ren on one show i was like i'm off the Jameis train i'm out yeah. i can't I, you know i hope i'm wrong but he's going to have to prove me wrong i think even though i said at one point we had to talk about every pod i think there was a time where we banned his name from the pod yeah that's true I, th- I think there was there was a time like we we're not talking about him. like you know we'll talk about the defense and the receivers right. like nope nope don't care <laughs> what happened he threw two picks no no shit you know okay we lost yeah. 40 to 30 really okay no that happens every week like we just wouldn't talk about him but as far as you know, there's some matchups that I really want 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 to uh, to look here. Here and, and again, Brent talked about. I'm gonna back up a little bit. Brent talked about if you watch that first half of the, of, of the uh, L.A. Chargers. There you got go. it. I almost said Sandy. Thank you very much. I'm just gonna say Chargers from now on. There you go. Of the Chargers game. Uh, and again, this is I, I don't. This might be a little bit biased. Uh, not as much and totally not like the run game, but this one might be a little bit of a homer uh, view, a pewter lens, if you will. Uh, I think Herbert was more lucky than good, and he was just too stupid for his own good. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time the Bucks brought pressure, first off, their game plan was to get the ball out of his hands quickly, yeah. and it was great, and, and it was working. But what I said, like, there's no way the Chargers are good enough to be able to walk down the field seven yards at a time. They're just not they don't have enough skill positions. The offensive line's too banged up. Eckler gone out after ten plays. They're missing Mike Williams. Like they, like they just can't do it. But what kept happening time after time was the bru- the bu- like third down, the Bucks would bring the house and Herbert would throw up a prayer and it would fall right in the bucket. Uh, he yeah. was great at finding the one on one matchup and he knew where you had to go with the ball. But there's no way you can convince me that he's that good of a thrower. Like you can't. <laughs> like you, the one to the tight end in the corner. Oh, by the way, all those touchdowns, long touchdowns, first NFL catch. Oh no, excuse me, two of them first NFL catch ever. Another guy, their fifth NFL catch ever. Yeah. Like it was, it was crazy. So if you if if you believe that, then and here's what I what the problem is. 
for Bears fans in this game is because when Nick Foles does know better. So when the pressure comes, he's just going to dump it off. Mm-hmm. He's going to eat it. Or he's going to go to the fire slash outlet guy. And that guy's going to have to make somebody miss in space and get past the sticks. Yeah. Herbert, like if if he if the Herbert did that the three times that he did it against the Bucks, it was two of them. One of them should have been picked. But if like if he keeps doing that, you know, the rest of this year, he's going to end up with like 22 interceptions and they're going to tell him and he's going to have to learn like you have to check it down. That's why I like playing these more seasoned quarterbacks like Drew Brees, third and 11 blitz him. You know why? Because he's going to dump it to the back. He's not yeah. going to hang in there and wait. And that's what Foles is going to do. And Herbert didn't know any better. And he came up aces every time we came. And he actually tried to push the ball downfield, except for his last pass, which you know was, a, was uh, the interception to seal the game. So that's what I'm looking for. We're looking something I'll be watching uh, for the Buccaneers defense. That, and I know, you know Bears fans probably don't know who Carlton Davis is. He is a very, very, very good third-year corner out of Auburn for us. His first year, he was very grabby. They called they called him on it all the time, well-deserved. Second year, I think it was like, oh, I think they're being a little hard on Carlton. This year, they're being absolutely ridiculous on him, like <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Like he has puts his t- – not grab, but just like touch a guy as he turns his head to look, you know, where the – like look in the backfield – they call that a pass interference on him this year. Like it sustained a 97 yard drive during the Chargers game. Yeah. So, Allen Robinson versus Carlton Davis. I'm telling you, it's going to be must must watch TV because watching Carlton Davis and go go against Mike Evans every day at practice during training camp is like my favorite thing. Every time I go, that's my favorite thing to watch. Well, I'm I'm you know interested to see how Foles will will do against this against this defense you know I did watch both halves uh, of the game mm-hmm. and like I said I watched the first half I was like well the Bears can beat these guys you know Thursday right. yeah you know we'll uh we'll we'll either bounce back or we'll be five and oh or you know whatever after watching the first you know 30 minutes of the game and then the second 30 minutes came in and Herbert can't do anything he did get one touchdown in the second half but it was part of a 31 to 7 run you guys went on there uh right. in the second half uh, and everything to close that thing to close that thing out and Brady slinging the ball uh, all over the place and uh you know all I'm sitting there thinking is who the hell is Scotty Miller you know <laughs> really and it's like does does he just bring Wes Welker or Julian Edelman with him wherever right. he goes right. you know that like here's a- the skinny white receiver that is always open and catches 150 balls a season because Brady always finds that little guy running across the middle of the uh, field while everyone's trying to defend Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and you know and things like that. It's just like you know he seems to have one of those in his back pocket no matter where he goes. Yeah, yeah that's why uh, we call him. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Brent. <laughs> you you can give you can do the. Uh, I talked a lot last time. You give the the Scotty Miller background. <laughs> yeah, it, well, I mean, so Scotty Miller was a fourth or fifth round draft pick i don't know uh, uh two years ago and uh I, I mean you you hit it and ren keeps saying he, he keeps comparing scotty miller he's a short small super fast speedy white guy who just happens to break open and he's you know kind of that secret i don't want to say a secret weapon that's not right but he's the the guy you just wouldn't expect and it's yeah. it's the exact kind of guy that that um tom brady loves and 
Scott, you know, Scotty Miller, he had a couple of hamstring issues last year, which uh, hung him up. But, uh, you know, this year we're, we're really uh, I like what I'm seeing out of Scotty Miller. And you're right. Like that. When, when I said earlier, we have this thing about, well, who are you going to cover? Because yeah. there was so much talent in this wide receiver room, especially and not just the wide receiver room. When you look at anyone who is a, a pass catcher, whether it's a tight end running back or the wide receivers, it's just so many people. And Scotty's the guy that people forget about, you know? Um, and this is the guy that like he and Brady did a lot of work in the off season together. Um, I, I can't say that he, he was probably the most, uh, doing stuff for Brady. Cause you know, how Brady sort of does his own thing. Sure. Like he doesn't care what everybody else is doing. He's just going to go do his own thing. So in the middle of COVID, he's like, yeah, we're going to pull guys together and go work out. And, uh, I, I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. I don't know what other safety precautions they took, but they did. They got out there and worked. And Scotty was there at like all of the practices. And Brady, Brady's been like, I really love him. Brady called him Scooter. We don't like that. We we've been calling him Scooty for a couple of years now because since he was drafted. Yeah. Tom Brady yeah. comes into town and tries to rename him. Right. Tom Brady also <laughs> came into town and tried to rename Tampa Bay to Tampa Bay, and we yeah. weren't having that oh, one either. Oh boy. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh, not doing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Scotty's one of those. Adam Humphreys, Julian Edelman type, Wes Welker type players that that Tom Brady just loves, and I I don't know that he would be as notable with another quarterback out there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah I mean Here. it's it's just like I'm sitting there, and like I said, it's really my first chance to watch you guys uh, play, and it's just you know, oh, there's Scotty Miller. And there's another one for eight yards to Scotty Miller. There's another one for yeah. nine yards to Scotty Miller, right across yeah. the middle. And finally, it was like, and I'm sitting here, the guy's like the leading receiver in the game. I was like, who the hell is this? I was like, right. where does Brady keep finding these guys? You know, just mm-hmm. another Wes Welker, another Julian Edelman. It's like an, another Danny Amendola. And like, and now it's Scooty Miller out there. Like, what the hell's going on? Brady just keeps, Is he? does he have a lab? Where he's just making these guys and throwing them on the NFL rosters he belongs to. It's crazy. Well, like well, I said, it's all going according to plan. <laughs> nah, I mean, you know what happened. Like, Tom Brady looked at the roster, so yeah, I can go to San Diego. Oh, damn it. I can go to L.A., <laughs> the Chargers. I, you know, I can go to Indianapolis. They're still there, right? Or yep. Tampa Bay. And he looks up and down the roster, and he's like, who's this 5'8 guy? Oh, what? Oh, he's white? Oh, oh, what? Oh. He's fast? Oh, oh. oh. But there is some pushback here because Bruce Arians and Jason, like the GM uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they drafted him because they wanted him to be their their John Brown when BA was at Arizona. Hmm. He doesn't play the slot, so he's not Julian Edelman. He's not Danny Amendola. Right. He he is John Brown, and okay. he stretches the field. Um, now with injuries, you know, to uh, Chris Godwin, who plays like 88, 90% of the snaps in slot for this offense, is gone. He might, you you know, I'm not going to say you're never going to see him in there, but he is there to stretch the field and take the top off the defense. And you saw it, you know, like we, the Bucks come out, score a touchdown, stop San Diego. We get the ball back, two plays, two passes, Scotty Miller, 75 yards, touchdown. Yeah. Took the top off. And then, you know, the, the safety rolled over a little bit on Mike. Because you can't leave him one on one, and Sky just ran right where he was, and like no one was even in the screen. Like no one, there wasn't somebody within 15 yards of the guy. But uh, yeah, Brady likes him. They got an early connection. He calls him by his wrong name, 
and uh, he just he he just likes the guy, and uh, you know, and with his size and, and everything and his speed and quickness, you just you're just like you know, like you said, like of course, of course, of course, you know, this guy's gonna be you know, come out of nowhere for uh for for uh Tom Brady, but. If you paid attention, I'm sure no one did because I don't pay attention to Chicago training camp, just like you guys don't pay attention to the Buccaneers training camp. Uh, it, the connection was there very early. And, you know, if you were a Buccaneers fan and you were in a fantasy football draft, I guarantee you, you came away with Scotty Miller. <laughs> well, you know, did you guys read the story or hear the story about that Dan Patrick, quote unquote, broke a few weeks ago? that the second option for Brady was, in fact, Chicago. Like, he I, he had a deal on the table with the Bears before deciding to sign with Tampa Bay. I did not. How does that feel? I don't know, actually. I mean, it was it – was <laughs> because I had a lot of feelings going into the offseason about what to do because it was obvious the Bears had to do something with the quarterback position. And, and – and, there, as far as like what was out there, and I'd never thought we had a shot in hell with Brady, so he was never even an option uh, right. for me. So it was more about, you know, do the Bears want to take a chance on Cam Newton? And then COVID happened, and we weren't allowed to basically to take a chance because Ryan Pace is super, I don't want to say, um, he well, he's touchy about injuries. You know, that's why we didn't bring in Teddy Bridgewater and you know why we didn't weren't able to look at some of these guys up close he wants his doctors to look at these guys and with COVID we weren't able to do that so Cam wasn't really ever an option uh, for us same thing with uh, Teddy Bridgewater so I was thinking okay then with what's left out there like Jameis like Andy Dalton and there was always the talk of Nick Foles so now we're looking at bringing in somebody to compete against Mitch because he's never been threatened his entire time as a quarterback with the Bears. When Mike Glennon was here, the he whose name we shall not speak, um, when he was in town, it was more about he was the, the starter in waiting. It was going to be right. he was going to sit and learn while, while Glennon took the beating in 2017, and then it was going to be his the, the following year and so on and so forth. And thanks to Glennon being super awesome, we only got to the fifth game of the year before Mitch had to go over here and take over. And then in 2018, Chase Daniel came in to be like, his sideline quarterback coach as opposed to real competition. It's like bring in somebody that's a real threat. We're either going to get a motivated Mitch that's going to win the job or we're going to get a brand-new starting quarterback. Either way, it's got to be better than what we had in 2019. And then to go ahead and hear that there was a deal on the table or at least a, a really solid consideration from Brady to come to Chicago, I don't know how to feel about that. Um you know, I really don't. It's like because obviously then what happened in Tampa could have happened here in Chicago, whereas like the only thing that was worse than the quarterback position last year was the tight end position. And if Brady comes, Gronkowski comes with him. I mean, talk about a guy that would be as beloved as you can imagine in Chicago. Oh, Gronkowski geez, yeah. is it. He oh, would yeah. have been king of Chicago. You know, yeah. he would have been, uh, you know, and even though Jimmy Graham has been fine for us, up to this point, I'll take a future Hall of Famer over whatever the hell Jimmy Graham's going to be when he's done any day of the week. So, you know, like, I don't know. It's 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 definitely an interesting what if to play with. But it's like, you know, Dan Patrick was talking about it on his show and talking about it in a way like he couldn't believe it. 
like Brady considered <laughs> Chicago? It's like, hey, 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 buddy, screw you, man. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. he considered Chicago. Say it like that, not like, oh my god, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he did that. No, you know, so go ahead. You know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't put too much stock in reports like that. Yeah, because because you start talking about what I mean. Okay, he considered it. All right, for how long? Right. Like how serious of a consideration was yeah. it? Where was it really? In, because we had a report come out right before week one that Tom Brady's first choice was actually go to New Orleans if Breeze retired. But then Breeze didn't retire. Right. So then Tom came to Tampa. And we were waiting on whether or not to figure out what to, to do with Then he was going to go to San Francisco. And then he was go- yeah. Or no, no, San Diego, uh, Los Angeles, Chargers. I think was the other. No, one. he was a, he was also. He wanted to be with the Forty Nine ers. That was his hometown yeah. team. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. He was linked. Yeah. yeah. Was linked, I mean, there's there's all these. People. I think every team that had a quarterback question mark was is probably could find a, a report. Tom Brady almost came here. Oh, right. he almost came here. Like. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's why it's yeah. like that's why I don't know how to feel about yeah. it. But it's like yeah. like I was saying before. You know, Bears Twitter being such an awesome place to hang out these days. You could see mm-hmm. just about every other Bear fan wanting to eat a gun after they heard we almost could have had Brady, but Pace couldn't pull it off. Yeah, it almost so. sounds like uh, Buccaneers Twitter uh, for the last bunch of years. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know. I think they're all the same. But yeah. I, I know I, I I understand that because when you know it became when it became evident that Bucks were in serious contention, I didn't know how to feel about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how long is he gonna play? Like, you know, it's like, like, I want to build for the future. Like, like I need my guy, like, you know, okay. He comes here. Like, like, but now that I've seen sort of had the Tom Brady experience, uh, it's, it's everything. It's so weird. It's all true. Everything's true. Um, (laughs) after, I mean, after watching that second half, I was in a, I was in like this chat room. There's this new app that's coming out, and I keep doing these test chat rooms. And I'm in this tat, uh, chat room with a Patriots fan who mm-hmm. like writes for like the Patriots pulpit or something like that, or you know, one of those fringe media. Brent and I like like to call it like us, like you know, yeah. Yeah, we're not credentials. Course. Do this because we because we love it. Um, so after you know we after the room broke up, we were just still chatting back and forth. And uh, I told Brent, I told him the story when we had that Patriots beat writer come on our show right when Tom Brady signed. He came on the Petercast. And one of the first things he said to us was like, I just want to say it was my pleasure and honor as a human being to be able to just ask questions to Tom Brady. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, bro, let's pump the brakes here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But then after going through this Tom Brady experience, and then if I saw for – 20 years what i saw sunday yeah happened three four five times a year for 20 years i can see where people are like well i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i mean i know we've got a small sample size with him not being a part of the patriots and everything but i'll tell you what what i've seen so far from brady especially in the second half of that game against um the chargers is it's because before I was not I wouldn't entertain the idea that Brady was the greatest of all time because I thought that you know with them making the playoffs practically without him um in in 2008 that when they've always had a winning record whether he was on the field or yeah. not that it was more Belichick games. than it was Brady yeah 
that you know the, Belichick's winning games without Tom Brady. He'll win without Tom Brady. So I'm going to go more towards Belichick being the greatest head coach of all time than Tom Brady being the best quarterback of all time. But seeing him thrive in Tampa Bay thus far, I got to start leaning at least putting him in the discussion because I still think Peyton's the best I've ever seen. But you know, it's it just with the what Brady's been doing so far. It's like if he can do it somewhere else, if he can do it without Belichick, then he's definitely in the discussion. I mean, the stats don't lie. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I I gave up on trying to win that argument after they won Super Bowl number five against the Falcons. So <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, right, well, he's got five rings now. That I'm I still believe what I believe, but there's no way I can convince someone else who's just going right. to lean on five Super Bowl <laughs> rings. And now the bastard's got six. So right. that discussion is over with. I, I, I got to tell you, whether it's this year or next year, um, and I, I don't care which Super Bowl the Bucks are in, uh, but if one of them is Brady versus Belichick, if it's the Bucks <laughs> versus the Patriots, yeah, that God. to me would be like the greatest Super Bowl matchup of all time. Like I said, whether it's us playing them this year or when we go back next year and we're playing them next year in the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, because uh, we're going good both either times. Way. Yeah, of course, exactly. years. Yeah, of course. exactly. Because yeah. we got we got the greatest of all time, right? We've got right. the GOAT. That's what we're talking about. So, you know. <laughs> I exactly. might actually kill somebody and take their tickets to be able to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and Ren loves going to football games live. Yeah. Loves them. Not my favorite. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. And I used to broadcast football games. Yeah. I love watching games from the booth. When uh-huh. I was announcing in college uh, and everything, yeah. I called Tony Romo's last college game uh, at Western Illinois. We played Western Western versus Eastern first round of the playoffs in 2002, and our defense massacred uh, Tony Romo, ended his college mm-hmm. career, and I was in the booth for it. Had the best seat in the house for it. 50-yard right. line, you know, right, basically right on field levels. Fantastic. I loved it. But sitting in the stands, it's uncomfortable. It's crowded. You know, it's loud and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just want to watch the game. And, you know, commercials feel like they're forever when you're on a commercial break at the game. And yeah, right. Uh, things Do you like have that. to bombard me with an advertisement every 15 <laughs> seconds? Like, can I just like can you just like drop the music and don't like I don't care about my Chevron card in row 256 and section 22. Like, can I just talk to the person next to me because they can't hear me? Because you're blaring your, you know, right. like, everybody clap your hands. Like, <laughs> give it a break. It's so loud. It's so loud. Oh, I've been to Tampa. I was there yeah. in 2001 yeah. um, when, my, when, when Western Illinois played South Florida at Raymond James. Mm-hmm. And okay. that was something that we came away with. Like, Jesus Christ, that sound system was loud. Yeah. Holy Christ, Thank was you. it loud in there. I, was, I mean, yeah. that was 19 years ago, and yeah. I still remember that. Like my, a my, vivid my memory that I the have stadium, that place. My seats in the stadium are right below the speaker stack. Like, wow. it's just, it's nuts. Yeah, I, I Ren's gone with me a few times, and he looks at me, he's just like, I have no time to actually talk about what just happened at all. Like, I, I, can't, I can't think. I can't hear. I can't. Well, it's like, I've been, to, I've been to several stadiums. I've been to, you know, um, what is it called? Robert Jones in St. Louis to see the Bears mm-hmm. play the Rams. I saw them play um, in Detroit. Uh, I've been to Lucas Oil because a buddy of mine used to be a season ticket holder for the Colts and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't enjoy being there, to be completely honest with you. I didn't enjoy it because, like you said, there's constant ads being played. I've got to watch some little retard in a jersey try to throw a football through a hole. And right. he's the most un- unathletic little guy in the world. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Jesus. 
Can we do you just want get twenty five dollars worth of groceries? I don't like. Why do I have to watch this? Like, just do it in the corner. I don't. You don't need a hot mic on the guy. It's like, why does seventy thousand of us need to watch this? Just yes. let him do his thing off in the corner. You know, he's just going to embarrass two. himself anyway. Everybody, open the app. Tap your tap your smartphone. Right. Which truck's gonna win? Like God. Right. <laughs> Although I do have to say, I do have to say, just to bring this around. Yeah. No. As a as an out of market fan who spent so many years never almost never being able to go to a live buccaneers game that's true to now be local where i can be a season ticket holder yeah is amazing like all of that that you guys have just been talking that i've been saying is absolutely true it's all the annoying parts of going yeah but still when you love the team when you're when you're this deep into it the way that the three of us are into our team right it's just so it it it, just nothing replaces it like I, i i'm great great to watch it at home but man, if I can be there live, I want to be there live. And I and I get that sentiment. I mean, I definitely enjoyed the games, um, uh-huh. not so much the experience of being right. being there yeah. live. I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching the football game, seeing seeing my guys up close because there is something to the actual experience of being there live versus there seeing is. it uh, at home on on mm-hmm. on television. At home, it never changes. It's the same thing no matter what. Every mm-hmm. game could be completely different, one experience uh, to the next, uh, and, and things like that. It's just that, you know, to me, the overall experience never has really outweighed my enjoyment of of watching the game itself. Or actually, that's what I mean. It's like it, the overall experience wasn't worth watching the game uh, live. Or you know, it's just like yeah. the crowds. You know, if I, God forbid I have to use the bathroom, I'm going to miss an entire quarter before I can right. get back, and <laughs> and things like that. Whereas at home. You know, it takes me 60 seconds to take a piss and I'm back in front of the TV before I miss anything, uh, you know, things like that. So um, anyway, let's uh, bring this bring this back <laughs> home before we get out of here, uh, guys. Late. So we're looking at Thursday night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a, a, a question mark for me as to which one of my teams is, is going to show up. Is it going to be right. the well-oiled machine that's, you know, got two fourth quarter comebacks and the defense that, uh, you know, is a bend but don't break, you know, solid units, or will it be the team that uh, can't quite figure it out and gets rolled on national TV by Tom Brady, who they are winless against in his career? So uh, oh. I'm very interested to see how the uh, how the game is going to unfold and whether or not I'm going to be embarrassed to be a Bear fan by the end of the night uh, on Thursday. What are you guys looking forward to on Thursday? Well, uh I'm looking forward to a Bucks win. Um, I, you know, so sorry. Uh, I'm really going to have to see what this official, like, because we talked about the injury report and, you know, you were right. Like Monday, Tuesdays are just walk through. The only day they really practice is Wednesday and it's just shirts and shells or, or or, you know, shells and spiders, whatever you want to call it. So there's not going to be no contact, but. I need to see his final injury report before I decide what I think I'm going to see out of their offense. Um, if it's an offense where they're going to rely heavily on Ronald Jones, especially since you talked about how the Bears uh, seem to be soft up the middle, mm-hmm. uh, that might be their game plan because, like I said, none of their top four wide receivers have touched the practice field thus far. Yeah. Uh, or is it? Or you know, there's enough talent with Gronk. And Cameron Brait, who's a third-string tight end, who you know was crazy because he was tied for the most touchdowns for a tight end for like three years in a row, uh, 
And, you know, you got Scotty Miller, who we've talked about, and I'm, I'm almost positive Mike Evans is going to go. And we haven't even talked about Tyler Johnson, you know, our fifth-round draft pick wide receiver, who probably would have taken the fourth round. We didn't have a fourth-round pick out of Minnesota, uh, who's a player that, that a lot of people really, really like and think that the Bucks got great, great value for him. He's got one target all year, so you might see him there. Um, so... I really can't say, but this is what my gut says. Caught lightning in the bottle of Nick Foles in the second half against a terrible, terrible, terrible Atlanta secondary, and you came back and you won the game. Mm-hmm. Then you had a week prepare, and you put up three points against against the Colts, yeah. who has a very fast, very aggressive defense. Well, guess who else has a very fast, very aggressive defense? Tampa Bay. Yeah. So, so for me, it's it's going to come down to whether or not our offensive line can answer the call because they absolutely did not against the Colts because that was the two big my, big concerns going into that game were going to be our offensive line against their defensive line and our defensive line versus their offensive line because, like I said, I knew going into the game we were soft in the middle, we were soft on the run, and – you know, Quentin Nelson is a beast of an offensive lineman, and they've got two other first-round picks on that line. They've invested a lot in it, and it's worked out for them. To watch them carve us up in the running game and for us to be under pressure constantly, you know, not allowing fo- – I mean, everything that I thought would go wrong in that game did as far as, you know, they were constantly in Foles' face. He wasn't able to sit back and read the field like he was against Atlanta when he had all day uh, and right. things like that, and it just didn't happen. Uh, so it's like, will our offensive line step up or at least improve upon their performance? Because it's not a high bar to cross after this past Sunday. Can they be better than they were on Sunday? For me, that's the game. Can our me, offensive me, line me, step up? Go ahead. Let me ask you this, because our defense has been known for its blitzing. Blitz, mm-hmm. blitz, blitz. Send everybody. Go. And if it's if it's not one of the edge rushers, it's a safety coming out of the backfield or it's a it's one of the other linebackers or, you know, you know, who's not getting a whole lot of section who's not letting in back there is the interior defensive line. But that's OK, because everybody else is getting there, you know. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is your offensive line like you, you guys pro- like this is a team that gets home. This is a, this is a team that puts pressure on the quarterback like probably not going to be able to hold up against something like that would that be fair like is that the you know if you're chicago this is the thing to like be worried about is whether or not this high blitzing really super fast defense uh is going to be in your face all game that is concern for sure i mean that's what definitely what i'm worried about after what we just saw against the uh colts you know mm-hmm. and and the thing that really concerns me like listening to you guys talk about how Todd Bowles like to send extra rushers and blitz is that they were getting home with four and dropping seven. Mm-hmm. That's why we couldn't get oh, anything wow. going because we were throwing into a seven-man zone anytime, so we were having to take underneath stuff and trying to squeeze it into uh, a window, and the Colts were absolutely everywhere when we were trying to pass on Sunday. So the blitzing might actually help the Bears because Foles might actually be able to find someone open because if you're sending someone, then there's a hole somewhere. So right. hopefully Foles is able to find that window and maybe we can crank a little crank a few first downs out over that. But like against the Colts, like I said, they were just straight up rushing four and dropping seven. And, you know, 
the numbers were in their favor pretty much every time, and we weren't able to get anything going consistently on offense until it was garbage time and they were loose in coverage, and that's how Robinson was able to crack the century mark and score a touchdown with two minutes to go uh, in the game. Otherwise, it's a 19-3 to ball game, like you guys said. We went 58 minutes without a touchdown. Uh, in that game so mm-hmm. I, I thinking that you know the pressure will definitely you know can the offensive line hold up to it but also if you guys do send extras can Foles find the open guy that would if, if Foles can do that then I think we'll have some success uh, on, on offense so but if you guys are, are bringing four and dropping seven and you're able to get home it's going to be a long night for me that's for sure so the last thing I'll say is this is something fun to watch. Watching uh, a 330-pound nose tackle drop back into coverage never gets old. So watch mm-hmm. the uh, big Polynesian Vita Vea uh, drops back in coverage because like, when Todd Bowles blitz, he doesn't always bring five or more. Yeah. What he'll do is he'll, like, he'll drop a defensive tackle and the nose guard in protection and bring a safety and a linebacker. So he's bringing four. But he's but there's like six seven guys in line of scrimmage at the snap, and you just don't know which four are coming. He does a lot of that. So uh, that but anyway, that's just fun to watch. Is is a uh, you know watch uh, you know a guy that was more suited to play rugby uh, try to cover the middle zone of the field in an NFL football game. And last thing I'll say before I let you guys go, um, I knew that you guys were destined for some success this year, whatever degree that is when you got rid of the digital clock uniforms yes, and basically went back to the future with like an older, you know, or basically like the uniforms you had before you switched over to whatever the hell you guys were wearing for five years or, you know, those, those uniforms were abysmal. I hated them. And Mm -hmm. to see you guys go back to it, you know, you made the the logo on the side a little bit smaller because when Lovey came to town, he blew it up to be like the entire side of the helmet for some reason, right, uh, right? And everything, and then those 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 I hated those uniforms, guys. And you know, yeah. to to simplify it and go with the less is more look, you guys look fantastic. I love the pewter on pewter uniforms. Yeah, I didn't you. think I would, but I love those. Those were awesome, and you know, they they look like the Bucks again. And you guys. It's it's a look good, play good. You guys look good, so you're playing good, and I'm not surprised. So, I, I am I'm a that's one of my superstitions. I just wish the Bears would live up to it because I think their uniforms are the sweetest in the league. Just a, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, uh, I I I love the uniforms, and I'm glad you guys made the switch uh, uh, back to them uh, this year. So, and the all of Bucks Nation said in one voice, Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sweetest in the league? The Bears uniforms are the sweetest in the for, league? For oh, me, oh, the away uniforms. The white pop, <laughs> the white tops, the dark bottoms. I don't think okay. there's a better uniform in sports. I love the color combination because, you know, when you're little and growing up, you're like, oh, they're black and orange, but they're not. Obviously, they're navy. Right. And is it is it called an orange? It is orange, yeah. Okay, it is orange, yeah. Yeah. I, Speaking yeah, of yeah, which, you know. that's why we lost on Sunday, as a matter of fact, because we were wearing those stupid orange jerseys that i hate more than life itself so okay i i I think those orange things are an abomination i was happy for the eight years that we didn't wear them and i condemn akeem hicks every day of his life because he's the one that started the campaign to bring them back so i hate akeem hicks for that i love him for everything else he's been awesome you guys are (laughs) gonna have to watch out for him uh on thursday because he's still a beast he's healthy now so you got to watch out for him 
but he brought the orange jerseys back. So to hell with Hakeem Hicks for bringing the orange jersey back. And I, I have to sit there and look at that. So um, anyway, guys, uh, thanks so much uh, for joining me uh, today. To we did actually talk about the game, didn't we? I don't know. We went off on a few. I don't. I'm there. not sure. Yeah, we were, we were in there for a while. I'm sure we got something <laughs> that uh, that will intrigue some people. Um, but uh, I enjoy having you guys on the show. You guys know that. And um, we look forward to the game on Thursday. And at the very least, win or lose on either side, let's hope we come out healthy so we're ready for week six. There you go. I like there it. There you go. The digital yeah. clock numbers will always be known as the Jam- Jameis Winston era. <laughs> yeah. Start to finish. Start to finish all five years, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. I think we had them one or two years before Jameis was there, but yeah, it was it was probably we have one player one player on the team who was here before the the change. Wow. So he was like, I just picked up I like he just went and grabbed his old jersey out of the closet and nice. he's rocking with that. Nice. <laughs> That's All right. True. Brent Allen Rendax from <laughs> the Pewter Cast. Thanks so much, guys. And uh we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Larry. We'll uh you know, talk to you next time uh, these two teams match up, and hopefully it goes better for you next time. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for humoring, guys, with with any thoughts that we might be victorious. Uh, I appreciate your pity. It's, it's always nice. It's always nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Larry. Want to thank the Pewtercast guys, Ren Dax, Brent Allen, for coming on to the show and uh, having such a fun conversation with me. I know that it kind of went off the rails there a couple of times, and I know you guys absolutely love it when I talk about uniforms over and over again. Uh, sue me. It's my show. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I have fun talking about that stuff, and you could tell that they really appreciated my love for the new unis because they, like the rest of us, hated the old ones. So, uh you know, it's just it's uh, it's a good thing that uh, we um, have, you know, old school classic uniforms that knock on wood will never be changed. So we won't have to go through a phase like the Buccaneers have had to um, in their careers. But, um, you know, it, it was fun talking to them and, and kind of an eye opening thing for them to kind of break down what I saw on Sunday in that uh, in that Chargers game uh, against the Bucks and, and, and asking which one of these teams is the one we're more likely to see on Sunday? The one that was in a 24 to 7 hole at one point or the one that exploded to to finish the game 31 to 7 and come out with a with a big victory uh on Sunday. Which one are we more likely to see? Which defense are we more likely to face? The one that gave up 24 points in the first half or only 7 uh in the second. So, you know, that, that that's why I was really interested to talk to the guys uh, about the Bucks and 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 what kind of team they are, Brady or not, because um, the defense is really where the game is going to be won or lost. And, and like I told them, you know, one of the the main key to the game for me is our offensive line, because it was our offensive line that failed us on Sunday. They could not stand up to the to the Colts uh, in the running game, and they struggled uh, in the passing game as well because. Uh, you know, uh, like I mentioned with the, you know, Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator, he likes to send bodies. He likes to blitz. He likes to apply pressure in a way that could be helpful 
uh, to us. You know, Nick Foles is good at reading the field and, and, you know, going through his progressions quickly and finding the receivers. Maybe he'll be able to find the guy that they left open so that they could blitz Uh, because the Colts didn't do that. They rushed four and dropped seven, and they were getting home against the offensive line uh, consistently, and that's not a good sign. So hopefully the the Bears uh, have, you know, done their film study, which, of course, that's their job. But, you know, to know that Bowles is going to bring the pressure, so it's going to be important for Montgomery and, you know, maybe even Ryan Nall or Cordell Patterson, whoever's in the backfield, to make sure that when that extra man is coming, that you step up and you get a piece of him to slow him down if he's getting after our quarterback so Nick can find the hot read, you know, or find the the open man that was left open uh, when the other team blitzed. So um, I think that them blitzing could be something that could work for us. But if they're going to do like Indianapolis did, and if I was them, that's this is what I would try early on. I would see if we could just get home with four and drop seven and make Nick Foles try to squeeze it into these little windows uh, in the zone because it didn't work on Sunday uh, against the Colts. So um, that is that is basically like that. That is the main key for me is our offensive line needs to get something going one way or the other. You know, Wren was very convincing in saying that uh, we're not going to be able to get the running game going uh, against this defense. I think that kind of plays right into Matt Nagy's hands, to be completely honest with you. I think he'd like to throw the ball 100 times a game uh, if we'd let him. But, uh, you know, he's in Chicago, and we've had Gail Sayers and Walter Payton, Neil Anderson, and Matt Forte over the years. We want to see the Bears run the ball. And uh, we've got a good runner in David Montgomery when somebody will block for him. So, um, you know, we saw that weeks one through three. And week four, we didn't get any blocking for him. He had 27 yards on 10 attempts. Number one, 10 attempts. Are you kidding me? Number two, 27 yards, 2.7 yards of carry. That's no bueno. So the offensive line definitely needs to step up. They they need to be better than they were on Sunday. You know, uh, they definitely have to uh, do that. And if they're going to bring uh, pressure, uh, then that brings us to our second key, which is Nick Foles. Uh, he's got to, you know, read the field better. I know that, you know, he still seems to be kind of struggling with chemistry and timing uh, with the uh, receivers uh, now that he's the starter and not taking second team reps or only getting 10% of the first team snaps with those guys. But, uh, you know, hopefully they've, they've, you know, figured something out this week to at least uh, flatten the curve, if you will. You know, that they, that he'll know that Anthony Miller will be here instead of there, um, you know, like when they were having their miscues last week. Or, you know, we'll have more success with Darnell Mooney in this type, of, you know, put the ball here instead of there and so on and so forth. Those little itty-bitty caveats that the pros uh, have to, uh, to, to work with. So, you know, establishing an offensive rhythm would be the third key, obviously, but that's going to fall on the first two keys. Can the offensive line you know, be better than they were on Sunday? Can they open the holes so we can run a little bit? And can we protect Nick Foles so that Nick Foles can make the plays that I think we all know he's capable uh, of making? It was like, or is he going to come out and have another bad game so Bears Twitter can bellyache about us, you know, pulling the plug too early on Mitch and blah, 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 and so on uh, and so forth. So because no matter what the Bears do, they lose in the eyes of the fan base because there's enough of us out there that want 
the opposite uh, of, of what's being given every single time, no matter what it is. So, uh, you know, like I said with the guys, and I, I meant it. It wasn't sarcasm. It was like Bears Twitter can be an awesome place to hang out sometimes, and sometimes it can be the absolute awful, most awful place on earth. So on defense, we have to be the ones that get home. We have to be the ones that get in Brady's face. As great a quarterback as he is, he's the same as everyone else. If you get into his face, you disrupt what it is you want to do. He can handle it better than most, but if you're constantly getting into his face, if we're getting home, if we're putting a body on him or getting arms and hands and you know, you know, know, scraping the arm while he's throwing and, and things like that, we can get things turning for us. we got to get a turnover this week, a legitimate one, not one that gets called back for some reason or one that slips through our fingers. Somebody get their hands on the damn ball and take it back the other way. That's what we need. So, And hopefully when it happens, we won't have a stupid, uh, you know, bogus penalty that will, uh, you know, reverse it on us uh, like they did with uh, Eddie Jackson against the Giants uh, week number two. So we have to be more opportunistic on defense. Brady served up at least two pick sixes so far this year. Hopefully Kyle, uh, Kyle Fuller or maybe even uh, Eddie Jackson or, God forbid, Jalen Johnson uh, can uh, get one and, and take it back the other way to get some easy points on the board for us and, um, you know, get the Bucks playing behind the sticks so that uh, we can take advantage. You know, I'd really like to see the defense take control of this game and shut Brady down, especially if they're going to have the skeleton crew that Brent and, Allen, uh, Brent and Wren were talking about uh, during the interviews that, you know, top four guys uh, are banged up don't know who's going to play or if they if they play will they be 100 percent slash effective uh in this um in this ball game you know i'd like to see the bears take advantage you know of that and and get after brady get in his face you know disrupt what he's trying to do maybe force him to make uh a mistake because he's done it twice so far uh this year once against the saints and again last week against the Bucks through an easy pick six uh, that was taken back for a touchdown. I would like to see him serve one up uh, for us, kind of take a little bit of the pressure off, especially since, uh, you know, we still seem to be a team that's uh, stingy and giving up the points. So I would like to see that happen uh, as well. So I think that's it. Uh, don't really have any keys for special teams uh, other than having Cairo Santos through the uprights, not on the outside of them. I see that we brought in Kai. Kai Forbath uh, was a former kicker for the Panthers. We brought him in for a workout today. We also brought in a punter. I don't know what that means uh, for Pat O'Donnell. It was also a long snapper, so the whole deal. We brought in a long snapper, a kicker, and a punter for a workout uh, this week. Very interesting. I don't know if that was a kick in the ass to the guys that we have. You know, Pat O'Donnell got a punt blocked. Uh, on Sunday now Carlos Santos didn't miss any kicks well he only had one attempt on uh, on Sunday but he also did botch the uh, onside kick I mean that's a low percentage deal but he really didn't give us much of a chance in that one and uh, you know I don't know what the issue is with the long snapper but we brought in one of those so I don't know could be uh, a warning to the guys who currently have the jobs that uh, you know you're replaceable so get it together um so that's about it, and um, I, I am very interested in this game. I really want to see how the team is going to respond. You know, can Matt Nagy get them focused and get them ready? 
uh, for this challenge on Sunday. Can we get the second quarter of the season kicked off in the in the right direction? Um, because as we were last year, we are currently 0 for October. We were 0 for October last year, lost all four games in the month of October uh, last year, and we'd definitely be in one hell of a hole if we allowed that to happen again uh, this year. So I think our schedule is a little bit easier than it was last year in the second quarter, but we've got some games uh, coming up that will definitely make it tough. So um, I, I would much rather see a, a victory on Thursday getting back on the winning track uh, against the Buccaneers and it would be a good win against a good team instead of us eking out these victories against these inferior teams where we come away lucky with the victories I would like to see us put our foot down and beat a good team on national television with the whole world watching instead of giving dickheads like Jason Locke and Fora all the ammunition he needs to keep I told you sewing all his way through the rest of the uh, 2020 campaign so uh Hopefully the Bears will pull this one out. And uh, when we come back on Friday with the Bear Up and Bear Down show, we'll have lots of Bear Ups and very few Bear Downs on a victory Friday uh, of all things and uh, move forward through there. And then we'll have the full-blown deep dive review come out on Saturday. And then we're going to take a little break until we have our Panther interview show. And I'm still lining up a guest right now. Uh, for that but uh, that'll be dropping next thursday so we got friday after the game we got saturday after the game and then basically we're taking a little break along with the bears and we'll be back next thursday for the first half of the week six preview so come back on friday for bear up and bear down and until then my name is larry d and this has been bears talk underground Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.